Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. All right, we're talking about a power boost for your life. Now, I don't know about you, but I have these gadgets called iPhones, iPads, computers, all that stuff, and you know that there comes a time when uh, they're depleted of power, right? And, and every night I've got my ritual of what I do with my iPhone because I, I think that iPhone is almost glued to me. You know what I'm saying? I use it all the time. I use it, you know, to text, to email, of course, talk by phone, but I email and text, I think, a lot more. You know, get on the internet, whatever, YouTube, whatever, you know, whatever I'm doing, listening to my music or whatever it may be, you know, I've got that and it's there. But every night when I get ready to go to bed, I take it over and I put it in a charging station and it charges, and so the next day, it's ready to go again, right? And that's the way all these gadgets that we have are. And the technology, you know, technology is just not for the devil's people. Did you know that? Technology, I believe God has given it to the children of God that we can use it for His honor and glory and take His message around the world. That's what I think, and that's what I want to do with what He's given me. Now, so saying that to say, in our own life, we're the same way. We uh, use what God deposits in our life, what is there, you know, uh, the faith that is there. You know, we use our faith and we believe God for this and we pray for that one and, and, and on and on, you know, that goes. And the next thing you know, we are depleted. We, we need a charging, if you will. And so... What has to happen, there has to be this power boost that comes into our spiritual life. And not, ju not just your spirit, but it's your emotions too. Do you know sometimes you can be so emotionally drained? You just think about the job maybe that you have. And, and I think about being in the ministry. And you know, when you're in the ministry, you're hearing things all the time about people. You know, uh, their, their house may be in foreclosure and financially, uh, you know, they're uh, going into bankruptcy. Uh, their children are all messed up on drugs. Uh, you know, a husband may be hooked on pornography. You know, it, it, it just and a, a mother walks off and leaves her children. You know, it goes on and on. And you hear that all the time in the ministry. And so if you do not get this boost of God's power into your life, you will be depleted and empty and anything. Have you heard people preach and have you heard them pray and have you heard them minister? And, and it sounds, it sounds fine, but there's no power to it. Well, a lot of times we can minister in that way. And I don't like being there and trying to minister. There's been times, and I, you know, when I know I'm there, you know what I'll do? I'll say, grace, God, give me your grace. I need your grace. I'm going in grace. But I can't live there. That's an occasional time. I can't live there. So in the same way, you may have a job. Maybe it's in the medical uh, profession. And maybe, you know, you're seeing people with, uh, you know, uh, diseases and sickness. 
you know, that kind of thing. You're, you're seeing, maybe you're a teacher, and maybe, and I hear teacher stories today, and I hear, you know, depending on what school they're in, and, and, and it, it's just horrible what our kids are living in and what the, you know, what kind of homes they're in. It, it, it's, it, so that all can deplete you emotionally. So we're talking about spiritually, but we're talking about emotionally too, because those two things are very closely related together. And so all those things, or it can just be the cares of this life that come into your life and cares just wear you down. That's why the Bible says, take those cares and give them to Jesus and lay them at the foot of the cross because you're not able to bear it. I'm not able to bear it. Cast it over on him and he will sustain you. What does that word sustain? It means he's going to lift the weight of all that care. But you know, uh, I see so many Christians walking around, you know, and you see uh, uh, around, uh, you know, the Grand Canyon, you know, you see those uh, animals that are there and they're all heavy laden, you know, with, but they're burden bearers, you know, and they're carrying all that. Sometimes that's the way Christians are. They're just all uh, heavy laden. They've got their, their backs, you know, are just almost breaking under the, the pressure of the care. And God says that care will rob you of his power. And so emotionally and spiritually, we've got to be charged. And so what do we do? Does God just leave us on our, on our own and expect us to figure it out? No. There are so many things that we can do to turn our situation around and change it. Now, am I saying that it's not the power of God that does it? No, but you're in partnership with him. You move and he moves. Draw near to God, he draws near to you. That's the whole thing. See, people are waiting, sitting on the porch, so to speak, waiting for the check to come in when God says... Faith, if you have faith, you need to be a doer of the word. There needs to be some action in your life. And so there, there are some things that, that, uh, that you can assume and you can do and you can connect and get where you need to be spiritually and not be emotionally drained all the time. You remember the story about the new wineskins and the old wineskins? I want to be the new wine, don't you? I want to be the fresh new wine. I don't want to be the stale, stagnant wine. I, you know, people have the Holy Spirit and they can remember back when the Holy Spirit came into their life, but they're not really fresh and alive today. I can tell you, over all these years of being Spirit-filled, I am not empty. I am full and overflowing. I don't say that in a braggadocious way. I say it because I have partnered with God and God has partnered with me. And he has given me what I need to do what I need to do. And it's the same for you. He has given you what you need to do for where you are and what's going on in your life. Your situation is life is different than mine. But we all need that boost of power in our lives. Can you say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Now, we can go on a vacation and we can take time off. And is that wonderful? I love it, don't you? I'm thinking about the beach right now. I like to go in the winter. So you can do all that, and is that bad, and should you not do that? Of course not. 
You should go on vacation if you can, and you should take days off, and you should rest, and you should do the things that you know to do to take care of your body. And we'll talk, if I get over into that, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But that's important. You can do those things. But you know what? I've gone on vacation before, and I've come back, and I've been in the same condition as I left. Now, physically, my body might have been rested, but my mind, my emotions, and my spirit were not at peace the way they needed to be. So you can go on vacation and come back and still be in the same condition. Now, there's certain things I guess you can do on vacation to change that, but I, I have gone and come back, and it's just like, well, that was good, but... You know what I'm saying? I needed that boost of spiritual power in my life. Have you ever felt, does anybody besides me ever feel the way I'm talking about? Or am I just talking in the air here? You know, you, you do identify, you can, you can see where I am. Now, do you ever feel this way? Lord, this is the 500th time I've had to repent because I've not been reading my Bible, or maybe more. This is the 500th time that I've not really prayed like I need to pray. This is the 500th time that I have not gone to church the way that I need to go. I've not worked in my church. I've not gotten involved the way that I need to. And you have to repent. I've, I've gone to the Lord so many times and I've had to repent because I've not done the things that I know to do. But aren't you thankful that God, that God forgives and he doesn't condemn you? Now, I'm not talking about greasy grace. We've got a lot of greasy grace teaching going on right now. A whole lot of it. And I, I'm alarmed by it because I believe in grace. I certainly do. But I do not believe that you just continue on that trek without repenting and it's all okay. I don't believe that. Now, when you repent, the repent means you turn. You turn from that, your, your lack of daily drawing into the Lord. You repent of those things. And then what do you do? You start going the other way. You turn and you go the right way. Now, that doesn't mean that you're never going to mess up, but, but it does mean that you get things right in your life before God. And I'm just going to tell you, the Christian who doesn't know that, the Christian who doesn't understand about repentance and forgiveness and cleansing lives under condemnation. But I'm so thankful that I heard and read in my Bible one day, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you. But there's that word, confess. Let, let it be said. Let it be known. God, you think God didn't know it? He did, but he said it's important for you to speak it out of your mouth. What it is that's sin in your life. What it is that's wrong in your life. You speak it out to God. He hears it. And he removes that sin from you as far as the east is from the west. And you can live a life of freedom from condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you, you, you are in Christ Jesus because you come into the body of Christ. But you stay in right relationship when you confess your sin because sin separates you from God. 
But immediately when you confess it, you repent of it, then guess what? You are forgiven. You are clean. Doesn't it feel good? Don't you just love to get in the shower and maybe you've been working out in the yard or, you know, doing housework or something like that, you know, and, and you just feel grubby and then you get in that shower and what happens? You just feel clean and refreshed. Well, spiritually, we need that too. Amen? So, what can we do when you feel emotionally and spiritually depleted and drained? Now, as far as I can get on these, I'm going to give you these points, okay? Number one, ask God to help you get back on track. That's the very first thing you ought to do. When you're feeling that you uh, are just drained, that you have no more of the presence and the anointing of God in your life, now, it doesn't mean that God's not there because he is, but we do things that take us to that low spot or we fail to do things that take us to that low spot, all right? And so, spirit-filled believers, you, you know what I'm saying. You, under, you connect, you understand this. So, you've got to ask God to help you get back on track. Jeremiah 33, 3, let's turn over there and let's look at it. Jeremiah 33, 3, he says, Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Now, I want you to look at this. First of all, to get, to get your life back on track, you call on God. You don't call, uh, you know, your sister that lives in another state, or you don't call your mother, or you don't call your earthly father, but you call on your heavenly father. You call on him, God, here I am. I'm in a fix. I need help. I'm calling on you. Have mercy on me, Lord. Help me get these things straight in my life so that I don't stay off track. Can you say amen? Amen. So you call on him. And then what does it say? He said he'll answer you. He'll answer you. He'll begin to speak some specifics down in your heart. He'll begin to turn you in the word of God and he'll speak a word. I tell you what, I got up Saturday morning and really early and I started, uh, just started praying and I said, well, Lord, here I am. You know, it's, I don't know, I think it was 4.30 or whatever it was. That's early, isn't it? And so I said, uh, Lord, just speak to me today. And I'm telling you now, and, and you can get flaky with stuff like this. I know it. But I just opened my Bible. I just opened it up. And I mean, God began to speak to me out of the word. And so, see, he'll get things like that to you. Uh, at, at various times, and, and especially in your time of need, he'll do things like that for you. And, and you know, call on me and I will answer you. I'll bring people across your path. Who knows how God will do it, but he will answer you. And see, as his children, that's what we have to have confidence in. He'll answer you. And the third part of that, he'll reveal to you remarkable secrets that are hidden, not from you, but hidden for you. I don't know about you, but I want to get into that secret place with the Lord. There is a treasure house with God, and God allows his children to go into that treasure house and retrieve things out of there and bring it back into the realm where they are. 
I believe that with all of my heart. I believe that there are times that you go to the treasure house of God and God's got a gift for you. Am I talking about a material gift? Well, it could be, and I do believe he does that, but not necessarily. It might be a gift that God has placed on your life. It may be something that he wants to give you. I can remember this happened uh, in, the, in the early 90s and... Uh, we were in a board meeting, and it was one of those board meetings that was long, <laughs> drawn out. You know, you just got to, you know, you got to handle business, and you have to do that. But I'm sitting there at the table, and we're going to end in prayer. So we all join hands in prayer. And I don't know, that, that day, I think there was maybe six or eight of us in that room, and we were on a round table, sitting at a round table. And all of a sudden, I just uh, felt... I had my eyes closed. Somebody else was praying. I don't know who it was. And I just felt on my shoulder just tap, tap, tap like that. And so I look up and, you know, I'm thinking, we're praying. Who's, you know, what are they doing? We're supposed to be praying. I thought, is that Eddie? <laughs> so, I mean, the minute I turned my head, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he said, that's an angel. I've sent an angel to help you in ministry. And it was to me, for me, not to Eddie. Now, it's going to be for the church because I'm ministering in the church. But he spoke that word specifically to me. I didn't say anything. We ended that board meeting. I got in the car, and the first thing I want to say to Eddie, you won't believe what happened in that meeting tonight. He said, oh, yes, I will because I'm going to tell you what happened. He said, there was an angel standing behind you tonight that came into that room. And see, you know, I didn't see it. I heard the Spirit. He saw the angel. You know, so the treasure house, there's gifts in the treasure house to help you because I'm going to tell you, over all these years, and there are times that I feel depleted and I feel drained and I have to go before God. There's so much that happens in ministry that I'm involved in, you know? And um, so much going on. And I, I'll just feel the pressure of all that. And, 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 and I just need the boost. You know what I'm saying? But the angel came to help me do what God has called me to do. There's treasure that angel is out of the, I like to think about it, out of the treasure house, given to help me. Call on me. I'll answer you. And I'll show you remarkable secrets. I don't know about you, but anything secret. Oh, yes, I get excited about secrets, don't you? Do you ever get excited? Well, see, that excites me to think about that. That God's got secrets and he wants to reveal them to me. To me, to you. He wants to reveal secrets. I tell you what, we don't, a lot of us are not getting secrets because we don't go to the place, the secret place where the secrets are revealed. We need the secret place. We need to be there in the secret place. There's power. There's power to boost your spirit and your emotions in the secret place. Amen? All right. The second thing is uh, when you get in these places where you need your, uh, uh, the power boost in your life, I want you to think about this. Read one chapter in the Bible. That day, read one chapter in the Bible. 
Just stir yourself. You've not been reading the Bible, not been praying, not been doing what you need to do. And see, it's not just people who are black, backslidden. It's people who get too busy. You know, uh, that can happen to all of us. Okay, so I'm telling you, this, this is the power boost to start the process. Now, it's not the all in all, but it's to get the process. You ask God to get you on track, help you get back on track, and you read one chapter in your Bible. Proverbs 4.20, um, out of the New Living. I'm going to see, I think I wrote that down. Yeah, 4.20, out of the New Living. My child, pay attention to what I say. Who's speaking here? Yeah, that's right, God. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. The Word of God brings life. What is life? You ever thought about what life is? Life in the Strong's means to make fresh, to revive, to nourish, to recover, and to repair. You need repairing you need repair in relationships. You need repairing in your life. You need some things recovered. You need to be nourished and brought up in the house of God. Okay? Get in the scripture. Read that one. I'm going to tell you what I do a lot of times. If, if, you know, I hit a time where, man, my schedule is crazy. I, you know, I, I told you about my iPhone. I'll get my iPhone sometimes and get in the car and I'll just get on my uh, Bible program and just let it read to me as I, as I drive. Just let the scripture just soak it in. Just let it read to me. And then another thing I like to do, I like to get in the book of Psalms. I am telling you, when I get into the book of Psalms, I just, you know, get pulled up into that. When, you know, it's David talking about when he was in trouble and how God delivered him and how that he'd go to the house of the Lord and how he would praise and how he would worship and how he would exalt the Lord. And, and you know, that gets in you and it stirs you up. So I love, you know, I love Proverbs too, but the book of Psalms is, is a, just a delightful book to help you. Amen. And then you can um, listen to faith-inspired teaching and preaching to and from work. Now, I told you I listen to my Bible sometimes, but then I've got some preachers, you know, too, and I'll listen to them. And then I've got some music, and i listen to that, too. But I'm, I'm trying to get it in all the time. Get it in all the time. Now, aren't we talking about how to power boost your life here? Okay, so these are things to help you. The third thing is to pray in tongues for at least five minutes in that one day without a distraction. You say, five minutes? Well, I'll pray an hour. Yeah, you might pray an hour one day and then you skip over a month and then you come back. And that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about jump start. Power boost. You know why you're laughing? Because you know it's true. <laughs> five minutes. You know, get five minutes of praying in tongues without stopping. You know, you say, well, my mind is going everywhere. Well, let your mind, I mean, let it go. Just you pray in the Spirit. You pray in the Holy Ghost. And it'll charge your battery. Why? Because if you turn over here, let's just look over here at 1 Corinthians um, chapter number 14. 
I don't have that mark, but first chapter 14, it says, he that speaks, uh, verse number four, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself and I'm not going to read the rest of it. It's talking about prophecy. But he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. What does that mean? It means to charge like a battery. It means to build up. When you speak in tongues, you are charging your battery. But he said when you pray, when you speak in tongues, you are edifying, building up, and charging your own spirit. You don't have to, somebody else doesn't have to come and lay hands on you. They can assist you and help you and all that's good. But when there's no one around, you take five minutes and pray in tongues and see what will happen in your life. It will be amazing. Amen? Uh, and if you read on here in, uh, let's see, verse number two of that same chapter, for he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God, for no man, man understand him, howbeit in the spirit, he speaks mysteries or divine secrets. See, back to that secret place again. When you get before God and you pray in the spirit, in your personal devotional prayer tongues, you speak mysteries and secrets. And the devil does not know what you're saying. But if you go over here to Romans 8, which we're not going to take time to do tonight. But if you read over there in Romans 8, it talks about when we don't know how to pray as we ought to pray, the Holy Spirit takes hold together with us and prays the perfect will of God. So in other words, when I pray about my life, other people, other situations. I pray in English, all I know to pray, because you need to do that. But then when I don't know how else to pray, Lord, I'm just, that's all I know to pray. So I'm going to pray in tongues here and I'm going to trust you to speak forth the mysteries and the secrets. And when I can't produce the results, like it talks about in Romans 8, the Holy Spirit will produce the results. He will produce the results. Well, they've got it up there. Look at that. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Let's go to the next verse. Number 27. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. See, when you pray in tongues, there's a searching process. What, what needs to happen? What's the will of God? Uh, you know, uh, 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 definition coming in, answers coming forth. Uh, it says, uh, he searches the heart, what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What is the will of God? Too many people get stuck there. The will of God is what his word says. And if his word says it, that's the will of God. So, so well, I, you know, he'll heal me if it's his will. Well, I can tell you, he wills. Well, how do I know that? By his stripes, we were healed. That's what scripture tells us. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses and carried our diseases. That's the will. So we can know the will, but I'm not going to get too far off in that. Now, Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people to whom he said, this is 
the rest. Everybody say that. This is the rest. What's he talking about? Stammering lips and other tongues. What is he talking about? Praying in the Spirit. And he says, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing Yet they would not hear. Well, that's not going to be me. I'm not going to be the one that doesn't hear. Are you? I'm going, to, I'm going to heed that. And so when I find myself in a time where I need this boost, this power boost from God in my life, I am going to pray in the Spirit. Amen? Now, also, we can use worship and praise to release the power of God in and through our life. You remember Paul and Silas when they were in prison and they began to praise God. Do you remember that? They began to praise God. And see, that's a form of prayer. Praise is a form of prayer. Why? Because you're talking to God, aren't you? Isn't that bless the Lord? I will praise you, Lord. I love you, Lord. We're, we're praying. That's a prayer. That's praise unto God. That's what it is. We, if, if, you know, if you think about it, you know, we, we think that somehow may be separated from prayer. But you're talking to God. You're not speaking out to other people. You're not praising other people. You're not worshiping other people. You're praising God. And Paul and Silas, in, in a dark time of their life, when they were shut up in the prison house at midnight, at their darkest hour, they got up and they began to sing and they began to praise. And it shook that whole jailhouse. And everybody in there was hearing them praise God when they knew that those men had been taken out and they had been beaten and they had been threatened and everything else, but they still rose up to praise God in the middle of all of that. I'm going to tell you, there's something about praise. There's something about praise. And I tell you, if you, it, it, we need to learn that. And I've said it so many times in the house of God, collectively, we, we need to lift up a praise like, like we could take the roof off of this place. That's why, you know, let's a little patty cake. No, no, don't even do it if you're not going to praise him. Well, I praise you, Jesus. Well, you know, there may be a time where you need to get quiet. But it's not when we come together in this house. We're here to, like I said, shake the place. Let all the people around here in Knoxville see this building shake with the power of God. See the fire of God coming out of this place. See, and then when we walk out, the fire walks out with us. We're full of the fire. Amen? But Paul and Silas, they begin to praise. They begin to worship. And that is a form of prayer. And that is so important. And I wanted to include that in here. And you know, and I don't have time to turn, but Ephesians 5, when you get over there, it talks about singing, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so there's something about that. I, I can tell you, I can be so down. I can be so discouraged. And I can just get a song. It'll be a song that God puts in my heart or it'll be a song that I have on my phone. And I, I, I keep music on there and I've got this one uh, a person that I've been listening to and I'm telling you, she's a psalmist. 
She is a psalmist. And you remember what happened to, uh, to King Saul? And he was tormented. You remember that? And David, the psalmist, got his harp and he began to play and he began to minister to the Lord and he began to praise the Lord. And what happened? Those devils would settle down. Those devils would settle down. And I'm going to tell you, it's no different for you. You need to get some music. And, and you know, there's a time, you know, where let's jump and, and, you know, let's do all that and have a good time and get that guitar and go crazy, you know, and get those drums and go. You know, I love that. Praise is wonderful. But then there's that time where you get before the Lord and you let God do a work in your heart. You let Him do that healing work. You let Him do that power-boosting work that you need in your life. And I'm telling you, you'll get your battery charged. You'll get where, you know, you can take on the world. I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to go now. So listening to someone else, but then being a participator too. You know, there's times where you just need to flat listen. Just let them, let the psalmist minister. Let the psalmist minister. But then, you know, then there's other times where you need to join in and you need to be a participant in that. And I'm going to tell you, it'll change your situation. It'll change that spiritual depletion that takes place in our life. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.